Welcome to Be Body Talks. I am your host, Kayla, and this is Traveling While Black. This is a special podcast episode because it's a live recording. So if you're tuning in with me, Instagram fam and Facebook fam, I want you to join in on this conversation. I want you to share your own experiences and stories with me about what it's like to be black, brown, or person of color traveling. The Beebody Marketplace is an eco-friendly marketplace that encourages our clients to live happy, whole, and well lives. We've got the Beebody Talks podcast, products that we sell, holistic products, Awaken Your Body Gyrokinesis Workshop, international retreats and staycations, classes and private sessions for moms, and so much more. Whatever you need, just pick it off the shelf. I myself go by Kayla Naturalby, and one thing you'll learn about me if you don't already know is that I absolutely love to travel. I told my mom when I was just a little girl that I would see the world. I would go to Malaysia, I would go to Italy, I would go to all these places and you can thank my grandmother for doing that. She took my sister and I to the library almost every day after school. When she picked us up and we went there, I found what became and still is my favorite book. It's called We Sing Around the World. That's where you learn all different songs, all different cultures, stories from around the world. So I was speaking multiple languages as a young person in elementary school, and that stayed with me. I never saw myself as just a black girl or a black girl at all, for whatever that means. It wasn't until maybe around high school that these sort of things came into my conscience. And I realized that to be black meant something, that there were stigmas attached to it, and there were all of these things. Because the way that they teach us in school is such that our very own history is not us. It's like it's this whole other identity that once was or used to be and is no longer. Oh, racism, we don't have that. Oh, it's. Slavery, oh, that was just the thing that those bad white people did. Ancestors, oh, we don't talk about ancestors. We are good Christians. We don't dabble in the dark arts. So you can only imagine as a young person having this sort of dual education, this miseducation, that what is really isn't and what isn't really is. It makes one wonder, okay, what is the truth here? And what's it gonna take for me to learn it? What's it gonna take for me to get a hold of my own identity? So for me, it's through travel. Through travel, I've been able to discover and uncover more than I ever did in a textbook, more than I ever did in a normal book. TV just didn't do it, and conversations, well, 
they weren't all that. That's boring, nerdy stuff, right? <laughs> well, just how relevant, nerdy and important is that information now. We're in this information era where everything is accessible online. Just Google it, just look it up. It's right there for you. With the movement that has recently taken place called Black Lives Matter, everyone, all different colors, cultures, creeds, backgrounds, you name it, have become obsessed with the truth, have become obsessed with information, have become obsessed with not wanting to be a racist. And if you are a racist, becoming obsessed with ways to hide it, to cloak it, and to keep it under wraps so that no one really knows how you feel. But I'll say this. In my experience as a travelista and traveling, some things just cannot be hidden. They're well out in the open and very, very real and still very lived. So I'm entitling this episode Traveling While Black because I want to, and you're invited to be a part of this conversation if you're tuning in live, feel free to drop comments, ask questions. I wanna explore all of the ins and outs of what that means. What does it mean to you to be black while traveling, if anything? Do you consider color? Has that come up for you as an issue or concern? How so? What is your experience? Do you have a story to share? I'm sure we've all seen the news, those scary stories about certain black and brown travelers going missing or things suddenly happening to them. I think that's enough to shake anyone. Well, before we get to that, let's go back to maybe about mm, within the past five years or so. Traveling while black is the biggest, hottest thing that you can do right about now. Being black, toting that melanin all around, going to Europa and going home to Africa and all of this, that's where it's at, right? Mm-hmm. Getting the t-shirts and getting the suitcase tags and joining the travel tribes and even joining uh, dating travel groups. There's so much out there and I absolutely love it. My very first solo trip was to Italy. One of the places that I told my mom that I would go to when I was a little girl. Hey, listen, I just said, I'm going to Italy. In a middle school, I started studying Italian. I love Italian food. And then there I was, after I got my first big gig check. I said, hmm, I've got a decision to make. I could either get a MacBook or I could go tour the world. I chose the latter. In fact, I got my very first MacBook only just last year. All throughout high school, all throughout college, your girl was at the library getting it done, okay? No laptop, let me just say, it can be done. Hashtag handwritten essays, hashtag go to the library, hashtag she did that. 
no, but really, but really, but really. It was kind of odd being the only person of color in Italy for my trip. Now, Italians and the Mediterranean, they do have that copper suntan brownish skin, which is lovely, but it ain't black. Black is black. It was also a little awkward seeing my very first black family. I was by myself and I was in the center town, Roma or Rome, and I had a natural inclination to see them, you know, really see them. Not just look at someone like how you may do in passing at the mall or so. Really see them and say, hey, how you doing? What's that awkwardness that we have between each other as black people, when we find ourselves in a place where we are not the majority, we are truly the minority, is it okay to wave and say, hey, hi, what's up, how you doing? Or strike up a conversation? Or is that awkward? What do you all think? Welcome if you're just joining. I just posed a question and I'm curious. When you're passing by another person or persons of color in a place where you are the minority, is it awkward to wave, to acknowledge, or to say something, strike up conversation? Or should we make that more of the norm, especially while traveling? I'll let you share your comments and then I'll interject. I'll share my thoughts. Agreed. So we've got a comment here from Panika. She says she thinks that it should be the norm. I agree. Hey, why not? So I'll speak for myself in saying I'm kind of spoiled in that I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area in Prince George's County, which is, and there's a book written about it. Um, and also L.A. and Florida has these influences, too. Being among the, the most affluent, happy new year, affluent black populations in this area, in the central hub of the country and where all the government resides and everything. I'm used to seeing black and brown everywhere. But when you travel internationally, you are an anomaly. You are the minority. And so yes, we should uplift each other. When we see each other out there in the streets and it's another black or brown person, wave, say hi, acknowledge, and even strike up conversation if you're an outgoing person. Why not? I think it creates a sense of, of course, connection, but then also protection. Things are happening to black and brown bodies worldwide. And to know that there is at least another familiar face that isn't in this sort of tucked away zone, we are able to then exude our confidence and wear our blackness and wear our melanin, be it our skin, be it our energy, or be it our power with boldness and not actually buy into those stigmas like, oh, black people are threatening, black people are dangerous, black people are unpredictable, black people inflict harm black people cannot be trusted all of these horrible things that are not really the truth we've got another comment 
Yeah. And that happens. The weirdness happens. I'll also say that I've found internationally encountering other, as in non-black, people tend to assume that you're African-American last. They tend to assume that you are African first or maybe some other nationality. I find that people speak to me in Spanish or they speak to me in French before they speak to me in English. You have to remember, Africa is the homeland. Africa is the satellite. Africa is where all colonialism began. And we here in the Americas, in the United States of America, we're the only people that don't speak multiple languages. Everywhere else you go, people speak at least two, three, sometimes five, six languages. Easy, easy. So the assumption is that if you are black and you're traveling, you probably have money, are educated, are cultured, and multilingual. And those aren't bad assumptions to make. But unfortunately, here in the US, when you're just out and about, you are just a commodity, a liability, a target, or not important. So while we have the dangers and the concern of travel on one hand internationally, we've got that boost and the respect and the good reputation on the other hand. But now that things are starting to come full circle and we've got another comment. Traveling while black is becoming a movement that's specifically identifying black American, or as we call it, African Americans that are traveling. And our take on being out there in the world is completely different from what they're used to. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're coming. We're coming by the flock and the fleet. I've seen the tribes and the groups everywhere. Black Travel Yacht Club, Black Travel Resort, Black Luxury, Black Fitness, Black This, Black, it's, it's happening. So I wanna pose this next question, how or what if at all, can we do to, as black and brown people, and remembering that we cannot alter, change um, the way other people think. Um, but what can we add to the experience to be more inclusive culturally um, and meld with the culture when we do go to visit out of the U.S.? What can we do to be better and not be, I don't know, completely about it, you know? <laughs> you know, black Americans, we have a way of showing up, like coming to America, like we have arrived, we're here. Where the party at? Or we have arrived, we're here. Make way, or we have arrived, we're here. Get over it. And so that, that tends to cause, um, uh, raise some brows or question. Um, but anyway, I want to hear your thoughts on that. What do you think we can do to, to flip the script 
a little bit. So Panika said earlier, bingo. Mm-hmm. You know what? So Panika just wrote something that I want to comment on in remembrance of Mr. Mitchell, actually. Let me read her second comment first. Second comment says, in response to the question I just asked, keep showing up, keep broadening perspectives across the border. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So she says, in reference to this, the, the dual identities of whether you're considered a global black or an African-American, she, uh, it's like we're not exotic enough, a.k.a. cool or interesting enough to be African-American. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. So I think that's why it's so important to be knowledgeable and to know who you are and to wear that. Um, and we all have our gifts. We all have our way. Some people are great with words. And they can eloquently speak. Some people are, you know, gusto and they've got the power and the energy to debate and, you know, awaken, awaken, sorry, <laughs> enlighten or awaken or invite people into a conversation, into a dialogue where they can begin to know and to have that broadened perspective. Of course, only if they have an open mind and a heart to do so. And then you've got some people who are just showing up. And that's enough. And people can learn just from that, just from observing. And I find that when I am traveling and I meet an interesting person, they are open-minded and they do want to learn more. And there is so much to the rich history that we have here as African-Americans in the United States. But what tends to happen is people look at the broad, the mass media, what they're being fed through streaming, through TV, through movies, and they think that's how we actually are. I mean, even we ourselves as citizens have to do so much undoing work to remind ourselves, hey, listen, wait, whoa, back up. That's not reality. That's not how we really are. There's so much more to us. Or even more, a movie tends to be what? An hour, two, maybe three at most? There's no way you can fit the full of the facts in just a short amount of time. And what they do is they select parts of us that they want to highlight or depict and they put it in a story. And the point of it all is to send out a message, but it's coming from whoever is that creative mind, whoever wrote the script. Whoever the whole production team and marketing team decided that this is who they want this to be for, who the target, target audience is. So just keep that in mind if you're an international listener tuning in. When you see mass media, television, shows, what have you, just remember that there's more to the story. The best thing that you can do when you actually encounter a black person from the U.S. is to strike up a conversation So Mr. Mitchell <laughs> had me cracking 
up. When he said, and you know, I, that's what I loved about him the most. He was so confident and sure in himself. And when I say Mr. Mitchell, I'm referencing the Arthur Mitchell, who happens to be, hey, welcome, hi, join us. The Arthur Mitchell, who happens to be, have been uh, Cicely Tyson's best friend. They were two peas in a pod. She the actress, he the ballet dancer. He said, listen, I'm not from Africa. I'm from Harlem. <laughs> and you know, touche. Own that. Own that. Where you are from, own that. And teach that and live that and let that be you. So let's, let me read this comment that Panika wrote. She says, I believe we will keep showing up all throughout the world and in our front yards. Keep listening and speaking, showing up, working on our traumas so that they do show up before we do. Oh, so that they don't show up before we do. Agreed. That's why I said being black while traveling, that could mean just stepping out in your front yard, going to your mailbox. I mean, we've heard the stories of the danger zones that black people are in, in their own neighborhoods, just being themselves, just doing them, and people questioning the integrity of their ability to be where they are. Out of control. But you know what, for me as a travelista, I don't mind the looks. I had to learn that, it's taken me some time. A friend of mine said, don't frown at them, smile. Enjoy it, enjoy the attention. Um, and of course, that was a performer who said that. But I have to agree. At first I didn't because my thought was, I'm not here to perform for them. I'm not here to give them their fix and their feel of blackness. They can just get it somewhere else. I was very anti that. And even today, I still, I still wince when I'm in my zone as a creative. And this happened recently when I was on the beach. And maybe I start moving or maybe I start just being who I am and people, their eyes gape open. They start snapping pictures and videos. I'm that one that goes up to them like, let me see that. Delete. You didn't ask my permission for my likeness. You didn't ask my permission for that. You have to come to me and ask me, hey, is it okay? Because I don't know where you're posting. I don't know what you're saying about this moment that you captured. You may be monetizing my likeness and image without my consent. And then I see it years down the line and I'm like, well, what is this? That looks like me. Well, what, what's going on here? I don't even remember that. That we as travelers, in, especially in the millennial era, we have to take responsibility to be more vocal about boundaries. Some people are totally cool with it. And I say, hey, to each his own, but be mindful because that is what's happening. You've got white travelers, you've got white influencers, you've got white and non-black um, media personnel going online and benefiting from 
us without our knowledge of it at all. It, 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 it's, it's, it's unethical. It's not right. So when my friend made that comment, you know, when they, when they see you, just smile. I'm like, okay, I'll think about it. Um, but it's such a double-edged sword. Um, that double-edged sword is, am I smiling to show that, hey, I'm friendly, don't hurt me. Or am I smiling to say, hey, I'm human and I happen to be happy and enjoying life and there's no difference between you and I? Or am I smiling? There's just, you know, there's so much to it. We got another comment, a share here. Panika says she had a situation a few months ago on the A train mm, where someone was snapping pictures while sitting with a while sitting with a friend within our conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't take but a second to say, hey, I'm a photographer. Hey, I'm shooting this movie. Hey, I've got a project going on and this is a beautiful moment. I want to capture it. Be professional. That's all I'm saying. When I travel, I'm gonna show you on my travel cards. When I travel, I keep a card that says, you can find me here, here's my email, and here's my phone number. If you are creative and you're a professional and you wanna capture a moment, it doesn't take but a second to slide me your card so that I can stay in touch with you. And we have the both the best of both worlds. As opposed to, you know, someone seeing something. I'll share with you a student of mine even worse so this indian young lady um i was mentoring for young arts and they were all indian classical indian dancers but at the Natyam is what it's called and a part of their culture is to um, maintain integrity of likeness and image and that is not to f find yourself on a billboard somewhere just randomly that actually could bring shame to a family you could be disowned you can be removed you can just so many things can happen it's shameful actually and so we were in a gallery and this um grown man white man came in and snapped pictures of uh the young lady while she was in the gallery. Now, to make things a little bit worse, um, she, ha she was a minor. So long story short, he got the pictures of her for whatever reason and was making his way out the door. And next thing I know, she comes to me bawling, crying to say, I didn't mean to do it. I didn't, I didn't know he was taking pictures. She was in a group where I guess the other girls were okay with him snapping pictures, but she remembered her family and remembered that that was, that was considered inappropriate. And apparently he had a form of film where he could not delete it immediately. It had to be first developed and then deleted and removed. I had to approach this gentleman and get his information and basically hunt him down to make sure that he was not walking away with a prize to be blown up somewhere and to be applied for in a grant where this young lady's image would be found for shame that she would get from her family. And this was just a day or two before she was due to go on stage and perform. I mean, she was really distraught 
So we have to remember culturally when we're traveling, um, I'm going to answer the question that I posed earlier, which is what can we do? I think we just need to be aware. And we have to remember that even though we are showing up as ourselves in our garment, with our history, with our power and our essence and everything, that we are going through, we're going through a veil. When we cross the border, we are interacting and merging and melding with a whole other world of thinking, the whole other world of existence. And we have to acknowledge that um, because I think it's first and foremost a safety thing. If you aren't aware, people will think um, that you don't care. And um, that tends to come with the territory of being American as well. That we have this pompous attitude towards other cultures and countries that we don't have to abide by um, their, their standards and we don't have to do things their way. We can come in and just be bullies. But think about the, the recent administration that we just had. You know, although we don't, we don't agree personally, we are in representation of that. All people have to do is look at your passport and say, hmm, there goes an American. Got to watch them. They tend to do this, this, and this, X, Y, and Z. You know, it's, it can be dangerous. So we've got another comment that says, oh, Panika was talking about the incident on the train saying that he didn't post the pics, but we did shift the mood. They exchanged emails and they took it from there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there is, there is um, the notion that it's a spiritual thing to take photos and videos of a person. It's become so normal now. Now we just snap, 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 snap. I'm aware when I even lift my smartphone up, that's facing where the camera is facing someone that they might assume that I am capturing an image of them. And I definitely sense a shift of their awareness as well. It can be awkward. It can be jarring. And, you know, I think everyone is entitled to, um, entitled to, to respect of boundaries in that way. So there is the notion that when your image is captured, that your soul is being taken from you. Um, yeah, believe it or not, if you haven't heard that, just think about that. Um, all the way back to homeland in Africa, um, there was a media personnel, a journalist, a black woman actually, who went to Africa. She went to the depths of a tribe and she was doing an interview and I believe she had gotten consent and all of the things that she had her camera crew and she had her questions and she had all of this and there she was in her zone but when she got out of that zone and she got out of that country and she left the continent of africa and she returned home to the u.s to share the interview all of the footage was wiped out completely black couldn't find it no one knows what, what of that, if there was um, a spell, a hex, if there was some kind of spiritual cancellation, or if it was just coincidence. But 
that footage did not make it across the waters. There is something powerful about seeing, really seeing with your eyes. And we have multiple eyes, right? We have our natural eye, we have our inner eye, we have our third eye, we have the eye and eye, right? That's the, the higher eye. We have the eyes that were before us, our ancestral eyes that see. We have so many eyes. It is a hefty responsibility that we have being black and being brown and being a person of color. So, yes. I charge everyone listening to continue to show up and do the work and to show up aware. Just be aware. That's the best thing that you could do. All right, so let's, um, let's shift a bit and I wanna go lighter here and talk about some great experiences traveling while black. I find that being the other tends to draw attention, as we mentioned before, attention that is sometimes really great and could be to our benefit. It's like being royalty. <laughs> um, I personally, as a travelista, find that when I'm touching new lands, I am bringing my ancestors with me and I'm doing what they weren't able to do. And so I feel a lot of love and a lot of protection and a lot of blessings come forth and come through when I'm traveling. And if I am in tune and I pray and I meditate and I expect and I affirm good things to happen, good things tend to happen. Like just, I don't know, a vibe. You know, I'll have an idea of what I want to do for the day, but I try not to plan too much. I just go with the flow. And then I end up meeting someone. Or then I end up, hey, welcome. Then I end up maybe getting a free ride or a hookup or end up meeting people who are like, yeah, we've got this going on. This is pre-COVID-19, of course, I'm talking. Join us. Oh, yeah, we're having this huge feast of dinner. Prime example. St. Thomas just got back from the U.S. Virgin Islands. In conversation with um, Dr. Chinzira Davis-Kahina, shout out to her, um, I revealed to her that I am a plant-based eater. And so through that, she thought carefully. She said, hmm, okay, well, where can we get you something to eat? Um... It just so happened that that day, a friend of hers on Facebook was making fresh baked bread. And so she said, I know just the person to go to to get you a good plate so you can fill your belly and feel good too, spiritually. So I said, okay, you know, fresh baked bread, that sounds good. All I knew was that it was fresh homemade baked bread. I didn't know anything else. So it became an adventure. We ended up, and the adventure was an adventure within itself, driving on the left side of the road and driving in a Jeep for the first time. Up hills and mountains. Woo, Oguam, or child. So anyway, I made it. And we ventured up this mountain 
and found ourselves in the Williams home. And the Williams happens to be um, the first chiropractic um, center and practice on the island of St. Croix. Black owned, black man, military, originally from St. Vincent and by way of Trinidad and Tobago, and then found himself in the U.S. Virgin Islands. How you imagine that? He said that his mama used to make feasts for the entire village, for the entire town, and he learned the tricks of the trade. And from there, he started cooking. Boy, that man cook, cook. Oh, I'm that man cook, cook. He had several loaves of fresh baked bread, spiced pumpkin, baji, which tonight I'm going to attempt to make, <laughs> and some roti. Um, what else? Salsa, huge slices of avocado, and four different kinds of, excuse me, three different kinds of, maybe I'm still feeling it, Ooh. wine, star apple wine, plum wine, and there was another kind of wine, all made from fruits, fermented fruits. I found myself in the middle of a feast, home-cooked meal with love, by way of friends, by way of history, and just so many other great experiences from that evening just going to feast and by the way all of these things were prepared in his garden I was actually greeted by a little baby boy <laughs> who was running around half naked in the in the front yard his name was Ezra which as we know and if you don't know in the Bible Ezra was the the champion he was the mighty warrior um, that was um, appointed to the royal courts to taste the foods before the king did. That was his job, um, to make sure that it wasn't any poison in it. Imagine that, right? Imagine having such a high appointment, but at the same time, your life being at risk all the time. So anyway, this little baby boy's name was Ezra, and he was, he was pointing up in the sky, and he was saying, Moon, 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 moon. He was seeing the moon during the daytime, and he just so happened to be a moon baby. He was a cancer born right there on the cusp, June 22nd. Imagine that. And um, just all these beautiful synchronicities that reminded me that all things are divine. All things are of spirit, and there are no such thing as coincidences and chance. It was divinely ordered. And that's exactly what Chef said too. He said, you're here not by chance. You are divinely ordained to everything that you do, every place that you go, every, every land that you touch is divine. And so I think that is a great notion to carry as a person of color when traveling as well remembering that it is of spirit and to be spirit led when you're traveling because although we have our own plans and maybe fun activities uh, maybe you've got something that's pre-planned already um, like a retreat or so always leave room for spontaneity let me show you my cards 
So that's actually what led me to very first card. <laughs> Creating the B body. These were first travel affirmation cards before they were daily positive affirmation cards that says, I make the most of my experiences and I leave room for spontaneity. Trust me, you want to do that. If you can, just plan one thing to do in a day, two at most. I love to eat. So <laughs> as a foodie, I plan my day around food. I'm like, oh yeah, sure, we can go whatever we can Go wherever we can do whatever, just as long as I get some food. And then everything else tends to just make its way. When I went to Trinidad, I discovered a black-owned yoga studio. The best yoga I have experienced to date. Hands down. Hands down the best yoga. And I was led by spirit. I was led to trust the name Sangha. There were two nearby yoga studios. And this one Sangha just, it just seemed more authentic to me. I wasn't sure who owned it, who was teaching, who led it. But there I was in the presence of Karen. And I had the best experience. So this is my travel card. As I was saying, don't leave home without it. When you're traveling, keep either your passport card or something that you can show as documentation of yourself where you are hey welcome so this is my travel card for those who are listening to the live recording it's a luggage tag with a plane on it and all my creative things and my contact So for the sake of time, because, well, time is of the essence, I'm going to wrap it up. But I want to thank everyone for joining me on this very first episode of Traveling While Black in the B-Body Talks podcast. And next time, let's explore together supporting black business while traveling. Another huge huge point to make how can we support each other more when we cross borders and we cross lands and we cross seas how can we be present and show up for each other in black enterprise and how is this to our benefit when we return home in making these sort of international connections well I'll tell you before I leave that the Fortress Network LLC is an online platform where you can promote your business, be it products, be it services, be it just anything, and it's international. It was started by a black man in North Carolina who saw the vision of us doing everything on social media and doing all these things that didn't bring us revenue. 
and thought, hey, what can we do to get on the same page, be in the same network, support each other, and make money doing it? This is it. This is it for sure. And we have a huge market, I should mention, in the Caribbean. So don't be shy. If you want to learn more, reach out to me. Send me an email at naturalb, that's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-E, B as in boy, E-E, at gmail.com, and I will be happy to forward the info to you. Business owners, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, creatives, whoever you are out there, you want to get onto this. So I will see you next time. Continue to treat, support, and invigorate your human body. Be body. Hey y'all, it's Kayla Naturalby. Join us again for episode two of Traveling While Black, exploring the importance of supporting black business while traveling. See you then.